Welcome into episode 185. Uh, a couple things I need to get to. First, you send me a nice little logo today. The NHL is 105 years old as of, what is that, three days ago? Yep. Pretty crazy. I yeah. remember 30 years ago when they were wearing the 75th anniversary patches. Do you remember What that? was it, 19, 1917? Yeah. Oh, when they, yeah, the, when they started. When the league uh, first uh, started up. Your revenues have grown since then. Oh, significantly. Yeah. Only those players could see the game now, eh? Yeah. I think they'd be pretty proud of it. No question. If you could take a player, if you could ask him to watch a game today, what would they say about it? That's what I want to know. Because we... I know what we say about it, and I know how much it's changed since we were in the league, and that wasn't even that long ago. That was, that was yeah. 12 years ago. And yeah. from the time I came into the league, my first year, there was the red line. There was the clutching and grabbing was at an all-time high. Changes to the game, which I think has made it much better. Much better. It's opened it up. You know, it, it, it's, it's allowed the skaters to skate the the skilled guys to utilize those skills and the clutching and the grabbing and the slowing down of the game and the trap has been eliminated and 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 taken out and i think it's been it's it's the right thing to do and it's the right thing for the league right now because uh the skill of these young players that are that are uh, coming into the league they've never been more skilled never been be- uh, better skaters than what they had in, the, in in this era and it's pretty it's a pretty exciting game up and down when you watch and i watch multiple different games a night and it's it's a fun league to watch right now what do you think the best era was to watch uh, There's a reason I why would, I'm asking you this question. I would probably say, um, there's ebbs and flows. I think to to the game. I think um, the okay. early 2000s were great. Really, I think the the level of hockey was great, and then they got into they got into having you know, where, where toughness was, was great to have and fighters were great to have, but then all of a sudden they brought in these guys that were not hockey players. They're not hockey players. They're just literally combative enforcers. What's the best era? There's a reason why I asked the question. I'd say maybe the nineties. Really? Then I was going to say like the late nineties might've been the worst. Really? Yeah. Why? Just because of the trap of uh, New Jersey no, and everybody started to copy Jersey, that? Just, you know, I can't remember what years it was that the, the, the dead puck era, that was like early 2000s, what wasn't mean it? The when dead you had puck era? like Jerome Aginla winning the, the uh, Art Ross with 99 points, Jamie Benn winning the Art Ross with, 80, with 87, okay. 87 points, yeah. 87 yeah, points. Okay. So, I mean, but that was, that was in the 2000s. That was, that was I was going to say between like ninety-five and two thousand five, but then I might even go a little later and say ninety-nine to two thousand nine. Yeah. And and maybe even I, I can't put my finger on the worst era, but the best era I might even take all my answer what I just answered right now. I might take it back and say I, like, I couldn't believe the ninety nines and the two the early two thousands were the worst. They were they were awful. I would think the best is right now. I mean, 
Have the you best ever right now in what I've watched? You ever watched a game from the fifties? Uh, Have you ever sat down and watched a game from the fifties? Yes. Okay. My brother is obsessed right now with watching games from the fifties. I mean, good, I, good I on him. No, it's 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 interesting because I go over to his place and we're watching a, a hockey game, like a Sabres game or whatever. And he's like, "Have you ever seen a game from the fifties? I'm like, "Jeff, you you ask me this every time I'm here." And he puts on a game from the fifties. It's the greatest hockey you will ever see, ever. And there are guys doing then what players are doing now. They aren't doing the Trevor Zegras shit in the Michigan, but toe dragging, backhand passes. Go watch a Montreal Toronto game. You have so many Hall of Famers. But again, the, the level of competition back then was like so extreme from the top player in the league to the bottom player in the league. It was completely off the chart. I mean, you got you guys- go and look at the top player in the league now to the bottom player in the league. It is significantly closer, like in the biggest of way. I remember watching like guys that were fifth, sixth defensemen back in the back in the seventies. I mean, back in the eighties, you look you might at have only you look had at, five defensemen in the lineup. I'm not sure they were dressing twenty back then. I'm going to look that up right now. What's your yeah, point? Yeah, could be, could be, but I mean, the players of today the are are just. I mean, even fourth line players in today's game are outstanding. Are outstanding hockey players. But would you say this is the best? Most I would say it's no. Give me the most yes. entertaining. I'm talking most entertaining. I will agree with you from the standpoint of skill, speed, um, open ice hockey, plays that can be made. All that stuff. Today's game is is take the take the worst player in the NHL and he'd be a 50 goal guy back in the 50s. But yep. my point is give me the most entertaining era. Depends what you're looking for. If you're I, looking yeah, for enforcing question. and fighting, if you're looking for staged fighting, then you're going to be looking at the uh the 2000s. If you're looking at skill which which is what I like in the game. I'm looking at today's game and I think today's game is fantastic. I wish we could sprinkle in a little bit more um aggression into the game. Okay? I think it'd be better for the fans to watch. I think it's more entertaining. That being said, I'm pretty happy with what I see out of these young players today. It's it's super fast, it's super skilled. They move the puck better than ever before. They skate better than ever before. They have, you know, their hockey IQ is outstanding. I think it's a great era. It's undeniable. Um, as I mentioned off the top of the show here, Sabres lost six five to Tampa Bay last night. And curious to know your thoughts on this one because we have a lot of people. There are a lot of smart listeners. There are a lot of smart hockey fans out there and maybe none smarter than here in Buffalo. And when it comes to whether it's lineup and the great thing is the differences of opinion, right? And there are a number of reasons and suggestions as to why the team lost the game last night as they had a two goal lead with a few minutes left in the game. I have my theories. I'm sure you have your theories. I'd love to hear them. Uh, I've already spewed mine this morning on shred and ragging. So it's kind of your and, turn. And what did you say? I said you need a save, but I I prefaced it by saying I save. don't want to okay. pick on a kid goalie. I don't 
I, if it's a, I said, if it's a 600 game goaltender and you're paying him seven and a half for $8 million and he's your number one in that game, I'm looking for a save. But also if you're a young kid trying to take a job and stake your claim in the NHL, you need a save. Now that's not the only finger point. That's the first one that came to my mind right now. Okay. Penalty issues are a problem. Um, Always the easiest to point at a goaltender, right? And I didn't want to go there first. And I feel like an asshole. But you did. Okay. And what else? I feel like I'm wrong for that. You tell me what else. Because I feel like an asshole. Yeah, well, you usually are an asshole, but I would I would like to hear the rest of 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 your thoughts before I I chime in and uh, and uh, you know we can either di- agree or disagree. Uh, special teams, uh, penalties. You know, I'm I'm sick and tired of the feedback from people uh, about you know the physicality. But I mean, my God, eight hits, one by the forward. You pointed out to me this morning, one one hit. What movie is this from? One hit, one goddamn hit. That's always that's all we have. You can't say goddamn on the radio. Ah, who cares? No one's listening anyway. It's from Major League. Special teams are 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 massive in today's game. They're massive. You either you, you know if you have a great power play and if you have a great penalty kill, I can guarantee you with one hundred percent certainty you're going to be at the top of, of, uh, the standings may not be in the top five, but you're going to be up in the upper echelon of teams in this league. If you have great specialty teams, great power play, great penalty kill. You look at the Sabres right now, you ask, why are they losing games? Well, it's going to start with their penalty kill. I would think at this point in time has to be one of the lowest in the league. Something that, again, they're trying to address. I think they went and picked up Tyson uh, Yost, who's, uh, I, don't, I don't know, is he a penalty killer? Is that his job? Is that a specific job when they brought him in that he is a penalty killer? Is that a question they, to they, me? No, I'm I, I'm just saying like... It's not really a question. It's it's basically talking out loud. It's trying to f- it's trying to figure out like you know what what's going on with the team. Like right now, the Sabers penalty kill is twenty eighth in the league, and you're going to lose a lot of games if you do not have a good penalty kill. And they have not been good. They have not been good at all in the penalty kill. They've you know they allowed three goals to Tampa Bay last night. In four opportunities, that's 75%. You're not winning games if you're allowing four, uh, three power play goals in four opportunities. So do they have the right personnel or are they still trying to develop their players? Is there a penalty killer in this group? Are there penalty killers that will that will learn how to become better penalty killers? Is that what the point of this whole season is? Is that why there weren't any signings of players that can kill penalties? Is that no, why it's not even about the penalties? Like, it's is, about, is that what I, Riley Sheen was supposed to be? I, I'm so I'm so confused by the makeup of the team. I I I think, and I said to you this morning, I said you can take the jerseys off the players, 
if you don't know what hand each player shoots and you just, you could take the jerseys off the players and put them on other players and they, and nobody would know the difference. Some of them with the exception of Skinner, Tuck Thompson, because yeah. there's, there's differences between those players and the rest, but from the, 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 the bulk of the group and the similarity of the players. Yeah. Nobody would know the difference. Well, listen, I mean, you, 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 Kevin Adams, the, you know, Don Granado, the staff, I'm going to say this a thousand times. It's like I'm friggin' talking in circles, but they, they made decision this, this at the start of the year that they were going to allow these young players to play themselves into positions, give them opportunity. Here's the thing. We, there are so many young guys, so many young guys that, I mean, once they start to sink a little bit, who is there to help them get out of this, right? Is it is it going to be you know your older statesman like a Victor Olofsson? Is it going to be your Jeff Skinners? Like these guys are talented hockey players, but um, the the leadership on this team is lacking tremendously. Like we keep talk, I keep hearing Don Granato talk about how great uh, Dylan Cousins is, and he's really mentoring these two young players, and you know Paterka and Quinn. Meanwhile, I'm thinking to myself, he's 21 years old. It's the same age as both of those two guys. What do you mean he's mentoring them? He's had his own struggles. He's trying to find his own game. Do we actually think that Dylan Cousins is where he needs to be or where he's going to be? No, I think he's still learning. He's a kid. Who is Dylan Cousins learning from? That's my point. So you go and sign... You go and sign a Riley Sheehan, which is, is mind-boggling he to he's, me. He's leading those players? Yes. He's a leader to those guys? Mentoring. Mentoring. Mentor, mentoring. Like helping them out, right? And meanwhile, I'm like, he's the same age as they are. He's a kid himself. So he should not be worried about mentoring. He should be worrying about, you know, continuing to, to develop himself. Okay? Now, I'm going to tell you right now, Dylan Cousins, I think, has played very well this year. And I love his style of play. And I love this line that Don Granato put together. I like the kid line. It's the kid line. You got one kid, JJ Paterka, who's 20 years old. You got Jack Quinn and Dylan Cousins that are both 21. These guys are literally babies in the league. They're, Can you they're do me a favor? Can kids. You, is, is this the first time that we've seen them together this year? I, I can't recall a lot. They're, yeah, I think it's the first time we've seen all three of them together. And I'm going to tell sure, you right now. I'm pretty played, sure someone, I'm pretty sure you came up with that line back no, in I the I didn't summer. come up with any line. Fuck I don't, I don't, I don't even want to go there. But I'll tell you this. Um, it's a great line. And those young players right now, that is a great third line. It's a great third line. They're young kids. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to learn, and they're going to move forward. Roy Vanek, we do have off. a we do have a number one line. Paige Thompson has played exceptionally well this year. Exceptionally well. Jeff Skinner, who I just took a big crap on, literally almost every time I talk about him, he has played well. He's played very well. It's really done a nice job. I can't, you know, when I, I will tell you when a player is playing well 
and Jeff Skinner is playing very well for this hockey team. Alex Tuck can still give me more. There's no question about it. He can still give me more. He's loaded, and I mean loaded with talent. Loaded with size and speed and skill. He's not using all his tools. He's still he's still playing well. But I think he's got another level to his game. He's that good. He's that talented. And I think that he can go to another level. We have a fourth line that literally last night played more minutes than the supposed second and third line. When you have Tyson Jose, who's playing 18 minutes a night, you know that there is a deficiency in your lineup. It's just the way it is. Let's uh, let's flip the script here for a sec. Because I th- I think I th- I think we have a style, and I'm not even going to get into the hits last night. Why not? Why not get into the hits? Because I don't want to beat that drum anymore. It's well, ob- I'm gonna it's I'm too, gonna beat too the drum. obvious. No, and no, no, until no. something's done about it, and it doesn't have to be a personnel change. It just has to be a mindset change. But I don't want I don't want to beat that drum. I don't want to beat the drum either, but I want people to absolutely understand what I mean by getting players that are going to play the right way, that are going to be a tough to play against hockey team that is not going to just be a first period team or a second period team, but they're going to be a 60 minute team, an entire game. They're going to play the same way. They're they're going to know their job description and what they have to do, whether you're a penalty killer, whether you're a power play guy, whether you're an energy, energy guy, a physicality guy. Well, when's that going to be? Guy. Cause cause okay. they're, these guys are having, they don't know what, what they so are. Listen. They, you don't have any guys that can, Okay, I am just going to tell you this. You want to know why Tampa Bay Lightning? You want to know why Tampa Bay Lightning has an opportunity? It's not just because they're veteran hockey players that, you know, I mean, the Sabres, for the most part of the game, did a lot of very good things. Okay. They played well, they scored five goals. They made they made mistakes to allow goals to get the Tampa Bay Lightning back in the game. But Tampa Bay Lightning were fresh. They felt good about their game because you want to know why. In 60 minutes of hockey, I want everybody to understand this. In 60 minutes of hockey, the Buffalo Sabres forward line had one hit. This is now you need to understand something. This is the statistic guy that's taking it in Buffalo. We've seen this before in the past, right? Petey, we've seen this before where you go on the road where you're usually out hit. You you're out hit by the home team because the guy who's keeping track is, is a homer. I think he's still trying at eight. I think he's trying to give him more at eight. The Sabres had eight (laughs) hits last night. Okay. Eight hits. One of them, one hit came from the forward line. How is that even possible? How is that easy? Do you think that that's hard to play against? Do you think that's a hard team? There was 15 hits, 15 hits came from the Tampa Bay lightnings forwards, 15 
10 came from the defense. You want to know how many hits came from two guys on our defense core? The two guys that played the least amount of minutes on our defense, four hits came from those guys. That means there's only four hits that came from other guys on the team. Three hits. Three hits from other guys on the team. You said eight hits? Four. Four hits. One from the forwards, four from those two defensemen. That's five. That leaves three. I know. I'm saying besides those two players on defense that had four hits, that played the least amount of minutes on the defense core, there was only four hits for the rest of the team. One hit came from from the forward line. One hit. Hit. You want to know who made the hit? I'll just give you. I'll ju- I'll give you one. Can guess. I guess? Can I guess? Yes. Uh, Dylan Cousins. Negative. Really? Who? Zamgis Gergensen. Oh, of course. I mean, I should have known better. Zamgis Gergensen had one hit last night, and every single player on the forward line had zero hits. Who had the most How? for Tampa? How is that even possible? Who had the most hits for Tampa Bay? Just out of curiosity. Well, you had Not one hit by Kalorn. You had four hits by Nick Paul. You had four hits by Hagel. You had one hit by Kopi. You have three hits by Colton. You had one hit by Nemestikov, and you had one hit by Stamkos. And Nikita Kucherov did not get a hit for smoking the goaltender. Yes, he got bumped into him, but he laid his shoulder down right into the head of of the Sabres goaltender, okay? And 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 the team reacted well. I was happy with the the reaction from the boys. Rasmus Dahlins, literally our most physical player that we have on the team, like by far. And he reacted well. And he got in there and Kyle Poso came flying in like he was Superman, like literally dove into the pile and they reacted well. And, and it was, uh, it was nice to see, but listen, you are not going to win games in this league. If you do not wear down the other team with physicality. Okay. And making it tough to play against. So what I do want to say though, and I, I just, I got to stop it there. Cause we, you know, we've been very negative and there's fair reason to be okay. Yeah. But there's one area that we haven't spent enough time on at all. And that's Tage Thompson. And I know that you and I had some heated battles at the start of the year. I, I believed everything that I was saying. And you were saying back then in the summertime, what a brilliant move it was to get him signed. Cause you think this is going to be an unbelievable deal. And Kevin Adams is going to look like a genius. And I, I, I didn't doubt that that was going to be true. And, but I just wanted to wait and see it come to fruition before yep. it's just handed out. And it's not because I doubted he could do it. It's because what if that did happen? That's it. Cause it was just, it was such yeah. a, such a drastic increase last year, breakout season that you're sitting there saying, can it be done again? Like Jeff Skinner will never get back to where he once was at 40 goals, but you know, well, he's got 10 right now. Okay, fine. He's got 10 and he's got 22 points and he's on pace for the best season of his entire career. If he stays on this pace that he's on right now, he's going to have 82 points and 
40 goals. Right. And I guess what I'm saying, and I said this today on Shred and Reagan too, that I don't, no matter what, Jeff Skinner can get 85 points this year. He'll never be able to live up to the value of his contract. No, he won't. Um, it doesn't matter how many points he gets because it's it's the deficient, the other parts of his game that have the deficiencies or that he he just doesn't bring to the table, I guess, is is maybe. Yeah, there's a lot of things I don't like about Jeff Skinner's game. But Tage Thompson on the other but, hand. But finish Thompson, with Skinner. Well, I started a lot of things I don't like about his game right now, but he is playing some damn good hockey. He is giving the Sabres a chance to win hockey games. I am not the biggest fan of the way that he plays the game at, at a $9 million price tag. That being said, he gives this team an opportunity to win games. He's got 22 points and 10 goals in 22 games. He's playing exceptionally well with Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck. It is a number one line and it is a clear number one line. The problem is we have no number. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline two line and how much longer does Kevin Adams need to kind of figure out what he has in Victor Olison? Yeah. You're going negative again. Stay with me here. I was trying to be positive. Well, fuck me, man. Are we dude, watching the same yourself. thing? Uh, let's I can't because I talk about the same shit. I am sick and tired of listening right. and so watching let's talk this about team Tage lose. To- let's talk about Tage Thompson no, for a minute. because they're still losing games. I don't want to give a shit about Tage Thompson. I knew Tage Thompson was going to be a very good hockey player. I didn't know how good, but I talked about Tage Thompson five years ago, even I when they sent him down to, to the minors. I was just going to admit that I was wrong. I, and I, and think- I don't care about you being wrong. You've been wrong a lot, and I've been wrong a lot. Okay, I've been wrong. I'm not perfect. I watched the same thing over and over. Victor Olsen right now has two assists. One is on an open net goal, and one was a second assist in 22 games. He's the softest goddamn player I have ever seen in my entire life. He is easy to friggin' play against. I don't give a shit about how many goals that he scores. He is He's a great hockey player. He skates well. He moves well. He he's got a great shot and he scores goals. Put him on another team. I we know need what players I know that what are going to support is, man. I know we what need your players that are going to support our young guys. Your we need players. I'm going to say it again until you shut up. We need players to support our young guys. Your it's crypt- not Riley Sheehan. It's not Vinny Hinestroza. Go out and do your job and get the right guy that is going to support the Dylan Cousins, Turka, and Quinn line. Go out and get the right players that are going to support the Tage Thompson, okay. Skinner, and Tuck line. Okay. I'm glad, I'm glad I let you job. finish that because I've never heard you. I've never heard you make that point before. But I'll say this. I know what your kryptonite is. You, you're okay with losing then, right? Is that what you're saying? You just want to give up? I Talk know about what it you're before. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm watching the same shit, man. I'm watching the same shit. Your I want a team tonight. that's hard to play against. You want to know why there's no goddamn fans in the stands? You want to know why? 
boring to watch because they're boring as friggin' all hell. But come watch Tage Thompson because he is legitimately a superstar. But I've learned that your kryptonite is, is, a, is a friggin' super stud. Your kryptonite and he's is also positivity. got the biggest set of balls on our team. And that's a problem. The word of the the word of the day is positivity. Because oh my God, I tried to go in a positive direction with you and it just doesn't work. Get off your hands. You seen enough? You made your decision. You seen enough? Deals aren't it's time easy to make to some make, moves man. for this Deals hockey team. Deals aren't easy to make. It's it, this it, hockey team is a very good hockey team. This team has, if you don't, if you haven't identified your freaking core right now, then oh my god, go out and make this team better. We have an insane amount of draft collateral. We've got all these first round draft picks. We talked about them yesterday. We got. Oslin, you got Savoy, you've got Coolidge, you got uh uh Rosen. I mean, it goes down the line. We've got players, goalies, you got Ryan Johnson, you got Eric Portillo. I mean, you have you have Go currency this man. team better. You have three second round picks this year. Like, come on. But you know what was but, great about watching Derek Roy with Tom and Vanek and Pominville? Remember. Remember you talked about that line, that young line? Yep. They were allowed to mature with no pressure on them whatsoever because they had Danny Briere and they had Chris Jury and JP they Dumont, JP Dumont, Mike Greer. Mike Greer. They had guys that took that pressure off these young guys. They had veteran guys. Okay. And those are the and players the that thing. were playing in front of them. Drury Briere, uh Connolly. Um, not, these weren't necessarily the lines, uh, Greer hacked, uh, Dumont. That's six players playing in front of you. Uh, imagine being, imagine being young kids playing behind those guys. Like they all played hard in different ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. And w- what, uh, what a better six players in, in talking about this particular franchise to learn from and how to go out and play and, and work than those guys. It was, it's incredible. It's an incredible example. And there, there isn't that here. There I love that. watching this team play. I'm actually a fan of watching this young group of players play, but there is such a, when I watch the game, there is such a disconnect between the lines offensively it is completely off the chart. And I don't know why there are certain players that are still in the lineup. You're going to sit there and bury Peyton Krebs. Okay. He is a 21 year old kid who played last year with the Sabres for the first time in the NHL. He needs time to develop. He needs time to mature. I, has he played horrendous? Well, has he played any worse than friggin' watching Olison every single night? It is what it is, man. Well, as I was going to say to you, making moves is not easy. It's not easy, and and it takes months, and that's 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 the problem. And and look, you're not attracting free agents here right now. I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm not going down this path again. I'm just saying. It's going to be a while before the stench of the Jack Eichel situation disappears from the team and coming here. And the team will have to be really, really good in order to attract 
off-season free agents. It's just it's just that simple. You're at a disadvantage. I said this last week, and it's not about the market. It's not the team. It's not the city. Because if you play here and it's good, it's amazing. It's amazing to play anywhere when it's good. But players love it here when it's good. And it just hasn't been good for 11 years, twelve going on 12 years. And then Clyde wrote today, we should learn from this. But we won't. We'll keep making the same mistakes as we have the past decade as a team, as a franchise. Yeah, it's been 11 years, but come on. It's not like it's been 20. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Where are the types of players? It's There's a message coming from somewhere. There has to be. There absolutely has to be. What do you mean a message coming from somewhere? What do you mean by that? Maybe ownership doesn't want that. I, I'm convinced by that. I've never heard anything, but I am convinced by that exact motto is I don't think because how many GMs have there been? And the, it's it's all been the same. In the middle of the conversation, Thomas Vanek joining us. What's up, Vanner? Morning, guys. Ooh. Good to be back. I, Craig and I started down the Sabres path today. Oh, we, boy. Well, we went a little neg- not not hard, hard negative, but we pointed out some things from last night. But then I I said to Craig, after we were done being negative, I said to Craig, <laughs> "Let's turn turn the page. Let's be positive." And then I start talking about Tage Thompson, and then and then I get we about- discussed this before <laughs> the show. We discussed this banner, and and Petey was like. We have to be positive. Let's find the solutions. <laughs> Let's find the positivity. And so I start with it and I get eight words in and Riv goes off. He snaps. Okay. <laughs> and he's going down his path of negativity. And the whole time I'm just trying to interrupt him and say, we've talked about this. You've already said this. I know, but fuck me. Right. And I said, I know what your kryptonite is. It's positivity. <laughs> you try to sprinkle no, some pot. You know what I am? I I sit here and and realistic. Uh, I'm I'm realistic and I and I and I look to find solutions. And and the thing is, in my mind, as a couch GM, okay, because I am just the ultimate GM, GMing from my couch. <laughs> I have the solutions. I feel I have the solutions. I feel that. Vanner, I don't know. Like, I'm sure you watch the Sabres. I'm sure you watch the game. Um, it was it was a it was a pretty exciting game for for the most part. It, you just have a more veteran hockey team that just found ways to uh, close on mistakes made by a young team. And it's fucking Tampa it's, Bay. It's, like, cut them some slack. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. We just, know, I, we're gonna, I, I, we're just gonna be saying this for the rest of our lives. Why don't we let about... Van talk? You know, he only took time out of his day to join us. <laughs> no, I, I didn't watch the game. I saw the highlights. I was at the rink myself all day, so I missed missed last night's game. Watched the highlights. Biggest positivity is, uh, I mean, Tage Thompson. He's emerging into a legit superstar. I mean, night in, night out. I mean, it's, these it's, aren't fluke goals, man. Not, no, no, that this these are legit. Big time, but besides the goals, the way he plays the game, what what he creates, and uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I, I mean, you guys talked touched it all summer on about the contract, and but besides the contract, the guy's a he's a top ten player in the league right now. It's that that's that's your positive. I think that your your negative is 
what we talked about all the time. There's too many players that are the same. And I think from day one, I think the goaltending is just not there, even though the kid played playing okay. So what were you going to say, know. though? Uh, Riff was going off about something about the game last night, and I said, ah, it's Tampa Bay. Yeah, he's got the solutions. Let's let's hear the solutions. We're ready. Thomas, I'm going to tell you this. In a game, 60 minutes, I said this before. Guess how many hits the 12 <laughs> Sabres forwards had. 12. Tampa Bay had 15. Their forwards had 15. They're, they they're had at home. Their forwards had 15. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and, and 25 hits for a game in the NHL is still not, not the average. The average is, is probably more than that. Okay. But I'm going to go back to this 15 hits by the, by the Tampa Bay forwards. How many hits? By the Sabres. Well, I said 12, but now the way you put it, I'm going to lower my number to six. Okay. Well, you got to go forwards. lower than six that. Six by the forwards? I'll give you four <laughs> more guesses. Four. No. No. Two. No. Zero. <laughs> that would have been epic, but no. One <laughs> hit. The 12 forwards that played 60 minutes of hockey <laughs> accumulated one hit on the Tampa Bay lightning players. Yeah. Uh, how, how are, um, a side question, I guess, how are the, how is this all tracked? Is it still an 80 year old guy up from the press box or is it all computerized now? Oh, look at you. Hey, eh? look at you. No, I'm just, I am just, do you guys know, is it, has it changed since we've played or is it still the same? Well, we don't know because usually back in our time that you would go to an opposing building and you would continuously get out hit with these phantom body checks from the other team, right? We've like seen Chris Neal was physical, but he didn't have 15 in his nine well, it's, minutes it's, last it's night. It's the know? same, right? It was Chris Neal. Even, even Patty Coletta, I love him. The guy played a physical brand, right? But how many times did he take a charge and just rattle the boards and the glass? And it was a hit, you know, Clutterbuck is another guy. I mean, I, I look, he, he's still in the league, a guy like, okay, but we're talking about the Buffalo Sabres playing at home one yeah. hit by their forward line. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, is it actually computerized now? So it's more accurate or is it maybe well, they watch, hired a 60 year old guy game last night? And I, 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 not, not that you have to see every game, but I, I'll tell you that yeah, it's probably yeah. pretty accurate. Okay. I mean, Based off what I watched last night, I, I'm uh, there's a lot of turning away. There's a lot of, uh, you know, just, yeah, I guess. Are you, are you, here's my, I wasn't a physical player, so I'm not going to sit here and, and carve guys. Yeah, but, but Van, with, but with, Van with this, with you this went, group, you no. went into the fucking corner to take the hit to get the puck. Right. So no, no, I know. I, take I, the I, hit. It's a like big whatever. difference. That's, we're all done. We, we, we're here to analyze, but. Are you shocked by those numbers? Like, I know I laughed and whatever, and I guessed a little higher to begin, but you look at that group, what do you expect? Like, you, it's, it's whatever I don't care type of they... team you build, this is what you're going to get. Well, listen, I mean, you can have a skilled uh, unit, and, and, and guys like Skinner and Tuck 
and Olson and Middlestat mm-hmm. and and Vinny Henestrosa and Thompson, Cousins, Krebs, Quinn, Pachurka, Asplund. These guys are skilled hockey players. They all skate yeah. very well. I'm going to tell you, that doesn't get, just because you're an offensive player that puts goals and points on the board doesn't mean that you can't go out and do your job, which is finish a, finish a body check when need be. I'm not asking these guys to run around. I'm not right. asking them to run around. There's 60 minutes of hockey. Most players in the NHL might end up with one, two, maybe three, maybe four hits a game. Okay. That's in a 60 minute game. That's most likely with anywhere from 10 to 20 some minutes of ice time. You're looking at one or two or three or four hits a game. The Buffalo Sabres right now are have the lowest amount of hits it, with any team in the NHL. And there is a big difference between the last place Sabres and the 31st team. There's a, there's a massive difference between 32 and 31. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the game that you still want to be, be able to use your, utilize your speed, utilize your skill, but you need to basically engage physically. And I'm not talking running around with the Karuba collisions, like Patty Coletta trying to injure and kill guys. I'm looking at puck separation, puck battles, winning mm-hmm. those, those situations. I find that we are, are not engaged enough. Thomas, yeah, what were you going to, what were you going to just say? You were about to say something. What I was going to say was, I completely understand and agree with what Rivs is saying, but this is 22 games in and it's a pattern. So I don't know. It's a, is it a combination or is it only the players or is it the system they play? I Bingo. tend to believe it's the system. Well, what you play. system are they playing? Save your energy. Know. I don't, don't know. Take yourself I, out of the play. Exactly. And- yes. It's a system where, you know, keep your feet moving, you know, and, and I don't think it's a mentality you think if John Tortorella or Lindy Ruff would be coaching right now, that same group would have one hit? Well, well it's interesting we, that you say that. I think we know that 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 question. Or, or the, the answer. answer to that question, right? Yeah, I mean exactly. Lindy yeah, Ruff, so, so, whether you're Max Finneganoff, whether you're mm-hmm. Derek Roy, Thomas Vanek, Jason Pominville, these are our skilled players. You were you were thought to play the same the same way and that's make it difficult on other teams players right and and i believe their system is under granado is not to avoid i guess avoid is the wrong word for avoid checking but i think it is the you know kind of swipe by keep your feet moving stay stay above the puck and then play with the puck and i can I think, hear it right now if the guy's already made the play there's no sense w- wasting your energy and finishing the check just get back and help and be the first guy back and let's be strong in numbers and i can live with that but that doesn't yeah but no no you know i, I do i, I and, and i agree with that philosophy but there is a big difference too right especially yep. when you play the tampa bay lightning you, you have to change your game right i, I yep. think like a guy like Hedman, and then you have to be physical on him and try to take him out of a game. And then same with the Stamkos, the Kucherovs. I can live with the philosophy if you have a handful of guys or even three or four guys on your forward line that are exempt from that rule, that have yeah. to finish, that don't have a choice, that are in the lineup to finish that check. You know what Correct. I'm saying? But but that now, but now we're they, talking they don't about have anybody with the exception of Zemgus. 
Right. But now we're talking about the makeup of the team as well, which we have discussed a million times. That's, and again, in, in mine, I know I mentioned this the last time I was on. I think that the, this year for them is really to figure out which out of those 10, 11 guys they have, they're all the same, which guys can play a top six role. And then at some point they have to make a decision and move on and then get different players in the, the you know, to play a different style of hockey. Well, you know what? I, I'm looking at New Jersey Devils and they played their their ultimate rival in the New York Rangers. And it mm-hmm. was it was a freaking game, boys. If it, I don't know if you watched it, but it was a back and forth contest. Um, but I I look at and 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 here's here's the thing. This shoots down my philosophy of being a physical hockey team, um, not going out of your way to hit. I do not want that. Want that. I just want engagement um, on players that might result in 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 a hit or a bump that you wear down players. So when they do go back for for pucks, which maybe are the defensemen they feel that they have less time and space and maybe make bad plays because they're hurrying to make a a play because they know they're going to get hit. But New Jersey last night in, in their huge rival played uh, the Rangers and they only had 12 hits. They only had 12 hits. And now the New Jersey devils are the, I think number 31 in the league in hits. So you have a team that's having, a tremendous amount of success in New Jersey devils and they're not hitting either. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's, it's, it's basically kind of, I, you know, I'm, I'm shooting myself in the foot here. It but contradicts your point, but the it, thing is they're a bad example. Go look at Detroit and Toronto like that. They're, they're see, I, I don't think Jersey is a bad example. I think it might be a bad example as far as hit wise, but I, when I watched that right. team play, there are certain players that bought into a role, like an Eric Halla, who I know well. He's a Minnesota guy, or he's yep. European, played Minnesota, blah, blah, blah. He's not scoring the goals he's used to scoring, but he bought into a checking role. That doesn't mean he has to forecheck and kill guys, but he's frustrating guys in the neutral zone, stick on puck. Yep. That's a, that, that's a role player. That's not a guy who's trying to score, you know, like a, a Heischer, like a Hughes, like he bought into a role. And that's a big difference, right? Like their third, fourth lines, they might not be the big physical that we're used to, that we're talking about, but they bought into that role and they're doing it awesome. Kind of like a former teammate of ours named Jochen Hesch. You don't think he could have played higher up a lineup, but accepts a a third line checking role as a 15 to 20 goal guy, as opposed to getting an opportunity to be a 30. That's a perfect example because Jochen wasn't, I mean, when you talk about Jochen Heck, you you don't talk about physical presence and forecheck and this, but man, was he, he was probably the hardest center to play against because he did the right things all over the ice. And that's buying into a role. And I think that's what the, you know, Lindy and the devils figured out and man, they're fun to watch. They're fast. They're, aggressive they they smutter teams i mean they're they're rolling and they win the cup do you think with that lineup yeah like i would oh, hate yeah. to see I mean, such it's, a it's, go ahead no I, I i said nowadays you can't win the cup that way because the game doesn't really change in the playoffs in my opinion i watched the playoffs it's still skilled high scoring you need goaltending and that's that's going to be their biggest question mark and that goaltending that they're getting can that keep up 
you wonder if they make um, any moves, right? I mean, they, like, uh, I'd love to see them make a run. I really, oh, I would I mean, love. They, they'll, they'll. I mean, if they're continue this throughout, you know, past Christmas into January, they'll be making moves. I don't think they'll be making. You know, I, I don't know what kind of moves, but you know, like anyone else, they'll they'll pick up some deadline, you know, pieces on the back end in case there's injuries, and then if a guy like Horvat or someone, I mean, they get they got they got lots of assets. They got Andre go Fallot on the uh, on the uh, on the uh, IR. Yeah, he's on the IR, but he's going to pull. Yeah. Who's the uh, the Kucherov? He's on the Kucherov plan. He's going to come back after the after the <laughs> deadline, so he doesn't he doesn't go against the cap. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, think I they have where. lots. Of, I think they have lots of money there, though. I think so too. Yeah, I mean they. I mean that team's going to be good for a long time because they're they're young guys who are playing really well. Are signed for long term for next to nothing. Well, they're going to have to sign Jasper Bratt. Um, and now that I look at their hockey team, they do not have a lot of money. They, they don't have, have a lot of money tied up. They have. They have. 1.7 on the IR, but they're at 84.2 on the cap right now. Yeah, so I mean, I guess Dougie Hamilton, right? I mean, they got a lot of the young guys got paid early, but all good contracts, really. Yeah, I, that's a, I, I think so. Yep. They're I a very think, competitive team, but they're going to be in a situation. They've got to sign Thomas Tatar. They've got to sign Miles Wood. Eric Halla, these are they got to sign younger younger players. Jasper Bratt, his I mean, you're going to be paying him a lot of money. He's uh, you know, did you turn the tartar sauce? A great, I did. Manner. Yes, yep, yep. He's really. Do they player, have to bring crafty. him back? Do you think he's going to? I don't think a- so. They're not going to bring him back just because he's a player who's still, you know, veteran guy who's who's going to. There's some demand for him, but. Four or five million, I don't think, is something that the Devils are looking at, and they can replace that. Well, you guys talk about uh, paying Esper Bratriv. What about Miles Wood? Well, they're going to have to. They're going to have to make a decision, just like any good teams. Thomas Tatar, um, is thirty-one years old. He makes four and a half million dollars. He's he's playing well on this hockey team, but you know he's Thomas Tatar has been around the league. I can't mm-hmm. mean he has been Detroit, then he went to Vegas, then he went to Montreal. Now he's in New Jersey. Yep. And the question is, how much more does he want to be moving around at his age? Okay. Is it, is it, you know, you take a little bit less to be in a city that you're happy and you see the growth of a young team. He might be in a situation where he's like, you know what? I've made enough money in my career um, because he has, he's made some pretty good money. Yeah, he's been on really good deals, and and you're right. I can see that, right? I mean, he can he go somewhere and sign another two year deal at at four or five or around five, probably. Yeah. But would he take three and and stay for three, three years at at, yeah, at, three, at nine million? I can see him do that a hundred percent. I mean, it's yeah. a you guys know it. It's a lot more fun coming to the rink when you're competitive when you're winning. and yep. and you're winning. I mean that that's that makes your life a lot lot more fun, a lot more easier. Again, I look at this lineup though, Vanner. I'm going to tell you, I look at the lineup from the top down, and then I look at the Sabers lineup, and I and I I think the Sabers are a really talented team. I mean, their core group of players moving forward, and I don't know if you've watched the Paterka, uh, mm-hmm. Cousins, Quinn. These guys are 20, 21, and 21. Okay, 
they're playing fantastic. I I don't I I think to myself every time I watch this and 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 when Don Granado put this line together, okay, you're kind of like, wow, that's it's a pretty young lineup in this league. They are buzzing. And and watching them play the last number of games and the amount of scoring chances that they have, have because their their skill and their and their speed and their the way they play the game together, I think to myself, how's this line gonna be in two years from now, three years from now, when they're when they're mature and they're dominating, you know, the league. It, there's a really, really high-end ceiling for a lot of these young players like Tage Thompson is only 24 years old. Okay. I'd love to see him get a hundred points this year. I think that's, that'd be important for not just him, but the team for him to get a hundred points. I don't think that's the, I don't think that's the focus. The focus is trying to make the playoffs with this hockey team. I don't think getting a hundred points means shit. Well, it starts with a guy with a hundred points. I mean, can't hurt for him to establish himself as a hundred point guy. Yeah. Not making the playoffs this year. So write that one off. The way I look at it is, is, I mean, Tage, he emerged into legit again. And, and I was wrong at it too. I thought he was a really good player. I didn't see him at center. He's I'll take that away. He is a top center. He's, he's been unbelievable. What I think has been really good is Dylan cousins. So that's, that's a one-two punch down the middle for the next 10 years that you're going to be set. Is he a second-line center, Van? Have, has I've, he shown you so. enough in his time that he is a legit second-line center in this I league? think so, yes. And I think he's only going to get better. He's going to be – that. that I think he's going to get to a, a level of Tage Thompson. So it's 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 a one-two Whoa. punch. Really? That, uh, I I mean, maybe – I think he might be even better because he banks grit. I mean – and I, I don't, I don't think know. he has I'm, the same true centerman. Level. He was drafted as a centerman. I, I'm a big fan of him, and I think you have one, two. I mean, that's big, right? You, you need you need goaltending. You need defensemen, obviously, which they have a couple one picks back there. And then you got to be deep down the middle. And you start with those two guys. That's a pretty good um, way to Why start. Why are you so now, surprised, Craig? Why were you so surprised when he said that about his stats that he thinks he can get to that level? Uh, get to the level or, or, or saying that he's a second line center no, just being around right now, like being around a Tage Thompson type player, because I think Tage, I think Tage, and I've said, I, you, you heard me, Petey five years ago, I was telling you that Tage Thompson shot is super crazy elite. The problem is, do you remember the first year that Tage Thompson came here? He scored eight goals. He could have had 27 goals that year. He he hit post, he hit crossbars, he missed open nets, but he was also 20, okay? And now Tage Thompson has grown into, I, I think, something. But the, the development side of things for Tage, they did it well. And, he, and he's flourishing right now. I think Tage has a different level of skill set, okay? A different d- level of dangle mitts, that goes with his package. I find that that um, Dylan Cousins right now is more of a clone of a um, of um, you guys are gonna you guys are gonna laugh, but uh, Bergeron. 
No, I think he's I, more of a Bergeron type player. He's not super flashy. Yes, he has nice hands. Yes, he has the ability to make plays. He's physical. He skates well. He plays the game the right way. Dylan Cousins is a really, really good hockey player. I don't think he has the same dynamic mm-hmm. skill set of Tage. That's just my that's just my opinion. I but you're, listen, you're, I mean, you think no, he's you're, what? you're right on it. I think it's he is. I think some of the Tage goals, even the one last night, those are things you can't teach. I don't think Cousins has that in him, but I think Cousins has more of that, I should say more grit than Tage, but a different type of mentality where I think he'll pick up 10, 12, 15 more goals where Tage will get them from the outside with a shot. Yeah, He'll pick them up from the inside. Yeah, you know, But I do yeah. agree with you that, I mean, he's a legit second-line center, can shut down guys, but 25, 30 goals is definitely something where he should be at. Well, Cousins, it's not like he's not familiar with scoring. I mean, you look at his stats all the way through, with the exception of the NHL, he has been a goal scorer. Mm -hmm. I mean, 34 in 68 games, his second year junior, and 38 and 51. I mean, yeah, he's a playmaker, and yeah, he's sound defensively, but he can put the puck in the net. And then you go to his playoffs in junior, 16 games, seven goals. Go to the World Juniors uh, a couple of years ago. Seven games, eight goals. I don't think he's a pure goal scorer. He is not a goal scorer. I don't think he's scorer. a pure goal scorer. Like, I think the way he plays the game um, and the skill level that he goals. has allows him to score yeah. goals. Like mm-hmm. my my thought is that Dylan Cousins, and he's super young right now. I mean, we're, we're I love what I see in Dylan Cousins. I think he is like when we're talking about a core and something to build around your building, you're talking about the Tage Thompson's you're talking about even a 25 year old, Alex Tuck, you're talking mm-hmm. about Dylan cousins, Paterka Quinn's you're talking about the back end when you have Samuelson, uh, power Rasmus Dahlin, you, you look at what you're building around on this team. It's insane. It but is you need and to start. He- you need to start now to start building around these players, like not waiting. I agree. I mean, and, and that's that's the point we've talked about, right? I think they have to identify, and I think is 20 games enough? I'm not sure. I feel like I've seen enough. Where now you have to tinker, and you have to tinker it through the trade because it's not coming up from Rochester because I know Pete has mentioned this, and I agree with him. The guys who usually are in Rochester, they're already on the team. They're here. So now you got to look through the trade market, market of how to improve this team. But Dylan Cousins is the guy you got to build around just like Tage. And the, the question is, you know, when do you start trading and when do you sign cousins to an extension? If I'm the Sabres, I'm, I'm having those conversations right now. And I know you guys love talking contracts. So Rivs, I would love to hear from you. What, what, what would you give a guy like cousins right now to get him locked up? Well, I think I heard somewhere this summer that they were talking, weren't they? And the number six million rings a bell that he was looking for six million. Boom! If Dad want, if if he wants six million, then I'll drive it over there right now for him. I would, I would like, not. Like, would you take your own money him. over and then have Terry wire you a check, or how would you do that? Kidding. With escrow, yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're always covering that escrow <laughs> angle. Eh? <laughs> That's hilarious. I think any contract that is going to be signed by Dylan cousins is going to be something that you are prorating his abilities for the future. Just like a lot of these young players. Okay. Mm -hmm. A lot of these young guys, 
like you look at the players like um Thomas in St. Louis, okay? He had 20, I think he had 21 goals and he had 77 points. When you look at Kairou, there's another player, 8 million dollar guy. He had 77 points and I think he had 20 27 seven goals. You have the guy in in um all you Ottawa. asked was for a number, Van. Here we go. Well, this is no, like no, dumb no. and dumber. This is, I, I, this is dumb and dumber at the gas pump. God sake, just give me the damn number. You want to pay him eight million dollars? Thomas asked you right now, what would you pay him to yeah, lock him up? We're not talking about a, a bridge deal. What would you pay? You like to play GM. What are you paying him? Okay. Well, you need to shut Stop the hell up there and the let me let me talk here then just... because it is about you can I can't just give you a number. You have to understand comparable six times seven, forty two million. Perfect. See ya. Done deal. How hard was that? Six times eight? Would you do eight? I would definitely be signing him to an eight-year deal. You're either signing him to yeah. a three-year deal, bridge deal, or you're signing him to an eight-year deal. Thomas, I agree with that. But yeah. here's my thing. I feel like I've seen enough where I don't need this player in a bridge deal. Like Robertson in Dallas, that's a good example. What did he just sign? A four-year deal? Four-year deal. Yeah, he's looking at, at seven. seven, eight or something like that. Seven, 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 eight. Yes. But he also I mean, had 40 goals, right? He also correct. had 40 goals. Right. But that's a guy... Now Dallas, I'm sure, be like, God, I wish we would have signed that times eight, not times four. And maybe they tried. We don't know, right? But to me, this is where you identify which guys do I want to give a bridge, which guys do I need long term. If Tage, they made the decision. Samuelson, they made the decision. Well, if Cousins, you're bridging, me, if you're no bridging Dylan Cousins, what are you paying him? You shouldn't you bridge deal. him. Well, but uh, why not? If I'm paying, then I'm I'm. If again, I don't know how the ins and outs work, but uh, I'm then I'm going one year at a time. Be like, you want to bridge it? We'll go one year at a time. I wouldn't be bridging it for one year. I would bridge it for three years. I'd probably pay him around four and a half million dollars for for a for a three year deal, and allow him after three years to see where he's at. He's still going to be an unrestricted free agent. And but you, you think still he would, have... if if you go to him right now and offer him eight years at Around five, five, six. I don't six, think he'll two, take it. And that's, you know, I wouldn't take, take it. it. No, that's a lot of money. Six times eight. That's a lot of money for a 21 year old. Who six becomes times a eight. At 29. Yeah. I think eight you're going to, if, if you're locking million, him I in, think. if you're locking him in and he understands that he's sitting on this team right now and he's going to be a bona fide number two center, possibly move himself into a number one at some point. You're Which looking at really matter. You're looking at six to to eight million dollars minimum, minimum, because he has comparables. If Dylan Cousins continues to develop with these two young studs on his wing, okay, with uh, Quinn and Paterka, you have Dylan Cousins right now that's playing on the number one power play, okay, on on the the right side flank which you will garner more points, more opportunity to score goals being in that situation, okay? If this kid puts up 70 points this year, 75 mm -hmm. points, he's looking at $7.5 million minimum because the comparables that were out there, the guys like Thomas, guys like Kairou, guys like Norris, all had comparable numbers to a 70, 77 point season. And those guys signed for $8 million. You have Stitzel in Ottawa 
who's who's a hell of a hockey player too. I'm not 100% sure his his point totals of last year, but they made a decision to get him signed right away. He's 20 years old, okay? Mm-hmm. Last year, he had 58 points, 22 goals. Do you think Dylan Cousins could have 58 points this year? No. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I think so. Hell yeah. I well, he just signed for he just signed for 8.35. Do you understand what I'm saying here? I understand exactly what you're saying, but that's my whole point is at the end of the day, you you you're you're there's comparables that are for the agents and for yep. the GMs, but yep. I'm trying to build my team. So I'm going to him. And like you said, we can bridge you at three years, four and a half. There's risk for you as a player. Same thing for their uh, so the organization. But if you give them eight, even if it ends up being six point five. That's a lot of money for a 21-year-old. Is that how old he is? 20, 21? Yeah, he's 21. Who just to leave on the table and be like, ah, oh, God, no, I want 8-8. Eight, eight. I want 8-8. Well, eight listen, do you sign him five. for more than Tage Thompson? That's the question. Because <laughs> that's going to be used in nego- negotiations with Kevin Adams. Kevin Adams right. is going to sit there and say, hey, I got a number one center here. The guy scored 38 goals and had, you know, 60 eight points last year. I know he's young, but he has some good captain qualities qualities too, by the way. Yes. He, he was not captain of the world junior team, by the mm-hmm. way, something like that. Uh, right. Assistant captain. Yeah. It's an honor. I mean, he's, he's got leadership qualities and, and I think they love his demeanor. The question is, do you, where do you, what number is the right number? If he continues to produce offensively, which is basically where he's going to get paid. He's got 16 points in 22 games. If he just stays on this pace right now, he's going to be looking at 64 points and 24 goals. Six million for me. <laughs> I don't if know. He has, if he has 64 points and 24 goals, he is a Where are you getting 64 points from? Are you multiplying 22 by four? It's 88. No, if you no, if you multiply 4 by uh 16. So uh, well, approximately 64 by 16. He, he It's it's close enough. It's, I, I know. What, what if it's means. 50? There's a big difference between 58 points and 64. Okay, yeah. because if he if he's at 58 points, Petey, then is he going to sign the Stitzel deal that's 8.35? It all depends on where he projects, right? Like what's Stitzel projected to be? Is he projected to be a 90 point guy. Yes. I mean, okay. Is cousins going to be a 90 point guy? I don't think he is. That's Does just he my think opinion. He's going to be Do a I know that? Guy? I don't know that, but that's what I'll it comes right. down to. Doesn't it, Thomas? You would know. It, it does. The- I know. I, 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 that's, that's why I do. I love his game. My whole point is I love his game. I want him on a long-term deal. And I think if you can get him around in the, in the six, six million range, Six, sign it all day six, long, six. right? Yeah, I would right. sign well, it all day long and put the pressure on the young kid right away. Hey, we want you a big part of this. Here's the deal. We want you around forever. All right. So um, let's change gears here. Some more league-wide stuff. Um, you, you talked about trades earlier in the Sabres. There was one trade made recently that I would have liked to sit, see the Sabres be in on. And he went right there to your back backyard in Minnesota, and that's Ryan Reeves. Mm-hmm. What happened there? you have any inside scoop of as to how and why that deal went down. Why do they need him? I think that's just, 
it comes down to GM. I think Bill Guerin has showed that in the past. I think he did that last year, brought in Middleton. I think he just, he likes those type of players. And I think he still has that, you know, mentality when he played. It's, it's, he, he likes that physical line. And I think with Felino and, and Reeves, they bring a ton of energy. And so that's, that to me is more of a mindset of a GM, you know, and, and that's, that's what he wants. That's what he values. And that's why he brought him in. I like the move. I'm not saying it in a negative way. I no, just no, didn't. I know you're not. No, I, I think what he did is, hey, I, I think he gave Yost, who ends up in in, in Buffalo uh, on a waiver claim, right? He gave him a shot to to be that energy guy, role guy. Didn't work out. Moved on from him, and then brought in a guy who was available. I'm not. I'm Can not. Can I going, bring something up on, in this conversation? Um, is it outside the realm of the Buffalo Sabers, or are we going yes. back to Buffalo? Okay. Yes. No, it is. It, it, we were just talking about um, contracts. Talk about signings. Roop hints mm-hmm. the number one centerman in Dallas. Currently, right now, has 24 points, eight goals in 22 games. Just signed. Too, he oh, he just signed. He just signed an eight year contract for $8.45 million a year. Mm-hmm. So it it gives you an understanding of kind of where 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 Dylan Cousins has to be to be able to sign a certain level of contract. And I think when you're talking, uh, Thomas, I think the Sabers have their number one center. I think Dylan Cousins is going to be a number two center. And at what point in time, what level is is that contract going to be? So when you're talking in the sixes, maybe in the low sevens, I think Dylan Cousins could get signed. Yeah. Because Roop Hints is an elite top end um But this isn't his second league. deal. He's coming off a three year bridge. He is. Right. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I don't know if I mean he bought himself some time to progress into that player. Yeah. And and listen, I mean, I have no problem signing Dylan Cousins to a three year deal. Because I don't think that Dylan Cousins has the, like Dylan Cousins is not a flashy dynamic type player. He is a prototypical solid two way 200 foot centerman. That's really solid defensively. And he's real solid offensively. He adds physicality. He can kill penalties. He can be a power play guy. He has all of those things put together, but he's not a dynamic threat. Like Tage Thompson's more dynamic in the way that he's going to score goals. I think what Thomas mentioned earlier on in the show is, you know, he's going to score the majority of his goals in tight within the five foot radius of inside that net. He's going to be a rebound guy. The guy that's going to be hungry to hunt those pucks that are on goal lines. And I think he can score a lot of goals doing it. Is there anything NHL related, Thomas, that you want to talk about? Because I want to ask you guys a question about about a road trip. (laughs) No, I don't know. I just, I'm just still amazed night after night how good the Devils are playing. I really am. I played with a guy when we went to Toronto. He always brought binoculars on the road. You ever play with guys that brought binoculars on the road when they went to the big city so they could look in the buildings of the other? They could look in the windows of all the other buildings. What? Yeah. 
we rolled into Toronto and a, a guy calls me down. He goes, Hey, come down to my room. And he gives me the binoculars. He goes, you know, see that light right there. And that he goes, look in that room and there's people going at it and going at it on the bed and everything. He used to bring binoculars on the road to New York. He used to bring them to Toronto. Cause he just, he'd be like, Oh, he, he will go and knock on guys doors. Anyway, I had to bring that up. I thought for sure you guys might have. That's played, super so. creepy, right there. It is, isn't yeah, it? I, I, that's I a mean, that's I, a I mean, creep show, right there. A guy who brings <laughs> binoculars. He's sitting in the hotel room in a in these, like some of our hotel rooms had how many floors, right? You press the button, you'd go up to like you know floor number forty five or something like that, and then you're sitting there bringing binoculars, looking across at other hotels or other other apartment buildings he'd shut his lights off in his room so that nobody could see him creeping out and he had the blinds open and he's going around window to window just watching what everyone's doing that's name super who, yeah. what's his name no don't bring his name he's gonna have he's <laughs> i don't even want to know that's i mean i've heard a lot of stuff but i've never even heard like this never so this is a guy that you played with it's a guy that i played with and I only played enough. six years in the league, so it's not like there's a long. I, know, I think list. I could probably. I think I could probably. Uh, you think you might be able to identify the creep show, eh? I don't know, man. Don't even try. Don't, don't get him. Did I play with the guy? That's the only question I'm going to ask. Totally irrelevant. You can't ask. <laughs> I played one year with you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's not. That's that's not. Anyway, I thought I have a uh, guess. But I'm not even going to say his name. <laughs> throw, throw the guess out there. No, I'm not going to say his no, name. I would. I, <laughs> just because of his personality, or because you actually think you know who it is? Oh, he's uh, going to write it down. Oh, who does Craig is... think is creepy enough to bring binoculars on the road in the big city? Jeez. No. <laughs> is that a good that's one, a, though? That's a good guess, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay, moving on. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, that, when uh, you bring him up, that's actually... A, he, he, suits, he was probably sitting beside him. The, he suits the description. <laughs> he oh, does. my God. Awesome. Oh, I love damn. him, too, by the way. Oh, so, binoculars okay. on the road. No. Anyway, well, Craig, thanks for the negativity today. It's always a wonderful thing. Oh. I, I apologize. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. You can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.